Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, here's to another 10,000 days. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. Before we started recording, you and I were having a spirited discussion about um, a couple of game shows about Jeopardy, which reportedly is about to get a new host. Um, Like a new new permanent host. Yes, a new permanent host. And then that got us thinking about the Price is Right transition from Bob Barker to Drew Carey. Who has been hosting the show now for 17 years. Yeah. Pre-Obama, he was the host. Which Can you believe that? He's been hosting that show for longer than he hosted uh, 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 Whose Line Is It Anyway? And the Drew Carey show that's, combined. Yeah, that's so crazy. And so that, of course, led us to the Price is Right Wikipedia page. Of course. Where I found... That the director of Price is Right from 2013 to present is a person named Adam Sandler. Are we sure that it's not Adam Sandler? Well, there's no sourcing Mm -hmm. uh, of this information, Mm -hmm. so I can't be entirely sure, but it feels unlikely to me. Also, there's a couple of directors who I won't name... um, who only To protect their privacy. Exactly, who only lasted a year. Before oh. Mr. Sandler came in. So, and so, wait, lasted a year during the Drew Carey era? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, there are two right before Mr. Sandler who were only directors for a year. Not good fits? I guess not. Um, when's the last time you watched an episode of The Price is Right? It's been a long it's time. It's been a long time for me, too. <laughs> um, I'm, speaking of things that it's been a long time since, uh, we are, of course... We'll, we'll, we will get to it in just a second, but we, it has been 10,000 days since the last, it, slightly over 10,000 days now, since the last Star Tropics game was released. Um, I'm a big Star Tropics fan. Mark uh, tolerates my Star Tropics fandom. Um, so today where we're going to be doing a couple different rankings from Star Tropics, really it's just an excuse for us to talk about um, a NES uh, anti-classic. Um, but before we get to that anti-classic, let me bring up this other anti-classic, Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow my copy of it for the Nintendo Switch? You certainly can try. All you gotta do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of this game. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there instead of, um, Sonic Forces. Just like there may be a, a Drew Carey in your prices right instead of a Bob Barker. Exactly like, you can never like tell. that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so for some of you, this may be the Untitled Goose Game borrowing program. For others, it is the Sonic Forces borrowing program. With whatever name you celebrate the borrowing program, right. it is still the perfect program. That's right. The other thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it a bunch. It helps people find the show. We love reading your reviews. Um, so yeah, if you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we'll give you a shout out on the show. 
If you review us anywhere else, let us know. Send us an email, hit us up on Twitter, and we're happy to give you a shout-out. We would love to give you a shout-out. Yeah, there's nothing that we would love more than giving you a shout-out. Other than Maybe that's second place to reading the positive review about our show. <laughs> that's right, right? I mean, like, we got, we got to have priorities here, right? We got to look out for ourselves. <laughs> we're selfish <smart>. people. <laughs> Always looking out for number one. And number two, which is the person on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's stop screwing around. <laughs> let's get to the serious business of celebrating Star Tropics. Perhaps a, a dubious uh, franchise for uh, Nintendo. There are only two entries in, in, in this game. Both came out on the NES both in the early 90s. Uh, even the first one is sort of at, like, the tail end of, like, the NES's life cycle, right? Like, you know, ne neither of them are... I, I called the first one an anti-classic, and I feel like that's the one of the best ways to put it, that, like, it is an old game, and it has, like, some sort of, like, vaunted reputation that isn't good, necessarily. Like, I don't think people love the game, uh, but I think uh, if you were around for it, you remember it and it made like some sort of impression on you. Yeah, the first one came out in 1990. So you're right. Yeah. Like it is towards the end of the NES's lifespan. I think for me, like Star Tropics, I think if you grew up playing yeah. Star Tropics, then you love it because there is a dedicated fan base for Star Tropics. Hugely dedicated. That is actually why we are aware that it has been 10,000 days since the last game uh, came out is because I follow a couple different Star Tropics like fan Twitter accounts um, and they were all posting it uh, a, a couple days ago. Um, so yeah, there, there is like a rabid community that is like excited about the game. Yeah. And you know, but Star Trop Tropics is like a weird kind of like experiment dead end for Nintendo. Yeah where uh, one of Nintendo's development teams in Japan created this game specifically trying to appeal to American audiences. Yeah. And so it is... Not by hiring American developers, mind no, you. <laughs> no. It's like they all got in a room and were like, well, what do Americans like? Right. They pulled out a whiteboard and they were like, start naming American things now. And they were like, uh, baseball? And they're like, baseball goes on the board. Great. They're like, uh, Seattle? We have an office in Seattle, right? And they're like, Seattle, good. Wrote it up on the board. What do Americans look like? Well, they all have red hair. Red hair. They all it. have freckles. Right. They, and then they just put a picture of Archie Andrews on the board. <laughs> but I, one of the things that I... So I, growing up, I was unaware of Star Tropics. It wasn't until I started reading like uh, entertainment, Electronic Gaming, gaming <laughs> Monthly... So I'll just say Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's <laughs> hot or not? I have to read Entertainment Weekly to Star find Tropics. out. Topics. What's yeah. it Entertainment Weekly yeah. ever? <laughs> <laughs> so Electronic Gaming Monthly. Um, and or like Nintendo Power when they would like yeah. mention it or there would be, you know, like fan art for it or something. And every once in a while, I feel like especially in the Wii era, you know, there would be fan rumors probably based in nothing. They would be right. like, ooh. I think just people wanted more Star Tropic. Yeah, well, and it it is a game that keeps uh like popping up on virtual consoles and uh like the NES uh Switch Online and the NES Classic Edition. Um, it is on you know all, like all of these platforms. The sequel a little less so. Um, although it I think it's on all the virtual consoles. Like it it's definitely on the Wii and Wii U virtual consoles. I'm not sure about 3DS. Yeah, and I've I my experience with Star Tropics is really limited. 
I have attempted to play it a number of times, and it is Zelda-like. It is kind of like yeah. the legend, yeah. the original Legend of Zelda, but not exactly. And I guess the thing that like always intrigues me about it is I feel like uh, uh, Americans export entertainment all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, and so, but it is rare. So we have like you know like Hollywood's version of certain cultures. Yes, but it is very rare, I think, for us to get. Uh, for Americans to get an import that is reflecting on our own, like our culture. So seeing like America through the lens of a different country. Right. And not like, cause you, you do see like American cinema reflected back in the form of uh, uh, other cultures, right. In like anime and stuff. And especially in video games of the era, you're seeing like a ton of like the number of games that are basically just like uh, Rambo or, or bad dudes or aliens, right? Like, there's there's all all of that sort of like DNA uh, of the '80s um, of '80s film culture um, is sort of still coming out in video game form, um, which is wild to me. Um, and part of that is just like the cyclical like nostalgia nature, and some of it is just like that's what video games are, right? Like that's when they came of age. That's what uh, a, a Japanese developers thought was cool at the time. I think all the time of uh, Hideo Kojima, um, and that like he's making this game with the protagonist whose name is Solid Snake, um, who is clearly Snake Plissken from Escape from New York, right? Like, that's just who the character is. And he goes by the name Plissken in Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, And so, like, all of these things, like, even the most, like, visionary uh, video game directors are just ripping off uh, 1980s American schlock blockbuster film. Um, So, yeah, like, that exists. But then there's Star Tropics, which is in some ways Indiana Jonesy and it is in other ways like I don't know the the setting of uh being like islands in the South Pacific um where uh, an American teenage uh baseball player is looking for his uncle who's like an archaeologist or whatever um and has made friends with the natives which is like the the entire premise of the the start of the game um is so for being such a pastiche, it's so it still feels like unique to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And what's interesting is that they drop most of this for Zoda's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Like Zoda's Revenge is a very different game. Yeah, totally. I mean, there is. Check me on this if you don't think this is right. Um, but I feel like there's a little bit of the like, Amblin, like E.T. Spielberg, uh, sort of like feel to, um, the characters, the relationships, and you know maybe that's. Because we're talking about like aliens and like going on an adventure. There's a Doctor Jones. No, I I completely agree. It very it very much has that kind of like Goonies, like kid going yes, on an adventure yes. vibe. Totally, and I think that is um because this game came out in 1990, so I I think it is totally a reflection of that like era. Man, of those like kid movies or family films. I wonder if this is really just, and this is only like coming to me now that like. That this is Nintendo like making the concerted effort to not be ripping off um, like R-rated movies of the '80s and really be going for more child-friendly movie fare, right? Oh, so interesting. In- instead of making an Alien ripoff with Metroid, they're like, no, we're gonna make a Goonies slash Gremlins slash Indiana Jones ripoff with Star Tropics. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, whether it was conscious or not, I do think if like Nintendo in that era was like the primary audience, I won't say primary audience, because there were a lot of adults who played 
like yeah, the sure. Nintendo Entertainment System. Like that's probably the game system my mom played the most. Yeah. You know. Um. But I I do wonder if they went in explicitly being like, oh, we are making this game for like West for kids in America. Well, what do kids in America like? Right. And it's like because you know like there had already been was a Konami that made like Goonie the Goonies too. Yeah. Like yeah. video game like that kind of stuff. So. I, I do think it was permeating the culture. Yeah, yeah, abs, abs, absolutely. I mean, you know, at at nineteen ninety at nineteen ninety, we're still basically in the eighties, right? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, this Mark, I'm already excited about where this conversation has has started. <laughs> but before we get too deep into it, yeah. Um, like I said, like I have not played this game really, and so. We're going to do these rankings, but Patrick is going to be my Sherpa through this. And yeah. I'm guessing that we have a lot of listeners who are have, are not familiar with Star Tropics. So I think it'll just be a cool opportunity to preach the gospel of Star Tropic. I mean, absolutely. Star Tropics is a game that, for me, was like a formative... Like, I, I loved the original Star Tropics, um, owned an NES cart, um, had my, you know, letter that I dipped in water to reveal the secret code halfway through this game, which is something the game makes you do. You... it. Uh, you know, a well-known piece of, of video game lore um, is there in the box. You know, there's like a map and some other things. Um, and one of them is a letter from Mike's uncle, like the main character's uncle, inviting you out on this, uh, you know, week or month or however long you're going to spend with him on, on an island. Um, and there's a secret code on the letter that only appears when you get it wet. So you had to take this physical object in the real world and actually get it wet to reveal information to, like, progress in the game. And is it true that it was kind of like an anti, like, game rental measure? Or an anti-piracy measure? Mm. Like, I, I, think, I think some of that is true, but it's also um, just a cool, like... It's, co- it's yeah. totally cool on its own. And it's one of those things that, like, again, growing up in the early days of YouTube, like, video game YouTube, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, like, when you learn it, it, it was just a really cool, like, thing that made Star Tropics kind of stand apart and be this mystical thing that you couldn't really play before virtual console right. but it like existed right well and and not to bring up hideo kojima again but the first metal gear solid also includes uh, a moment where you have to dial in a specific codex frequent frequency and it is on the back of the cd case and the characters say oh you mean the 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 frequency listed on the back of the cd case and you have to in the real world look at the back of the cd case and, and get the the right frequency so, like, again, if uh, Hideo Kojima is ripping it off, like, you know it's good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this uh, Star Tropics for me was a game that um, uh, I had pretty close to release. Um, I had the, uh, the Nintendo Power with it on the cover. I can still, like, close my eyes and picture this, like, parrot uh, sitting on, like, a branch uh, in front of a beach. And it's, like, almost Lisa Frankie kind of, like, colors behind it. Uh, Lisa Frank-esque. I understand that her name is Lisa Frank, not Lisa Frankie. <laughs> um, and it, it's, uh, it's such a challenging game. So difficult. Um, but I beat it as a kid, and I've probably played Star Tropics through to completion a dozen times in my life. Like, it is a game that I genuinely love, uh, fully embracing all of its flaws. Um, Mike moves very stiffly. There's way too much platforming in a game that, like, is wholly unforgiving. Like, you're either making a right or a wrong choice when you start a jump, and there's no adjusting it once, once you've started. Um, he takes too much damage too fast. He has almost no frames of invincibility when he gets hit. So, like, if one regular enemy just kind of, like, gets close to you and sits on you, you die almost immediately. Um, 
The save system is uh, not very forgiving. When you come back from dying, you don't come back with full hearts. You come back with like three or four or something really pathetic. Um, and if you drop below certain thresholds, you can't use your uh, weapon upgrades. There are a lot of reasons to not like the game, um, but I refuse to engage with those <laughs> because I love it with all my heart. Well, and probably now like is the best time to play it because you can save state and you can rewind and like, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So when I said that it plays a little bit like The Legend of Zelda, the structure, and Patrick, correct me where I'm wrong, is similar in that there's like overworld sections yep. and then there's dungeons that are very similar to like um, the overhead view that you in the original Legend of Zelda with the addition of a jump button. So yes. Mike can like jump in a way that Link never could. And the overworld map feels like, uh, you know, an original Dragon Quest game or like Final Fantasy or something uh, where you are also going into caves and caves can either be uh, a dungeon like Mark was describing where it's like more action focused um, or it can just be like a path that you're taking. And then there are like villages too. And all of this is broken up into individual chapters and a chapter takes place either on like an island or the area around an island. And once you finish with a chapter, you just move on. There's no, like, revisiting. It's not an open world, necessarily, as much as it is, like, eight small, open-ish worlds. Do you think that Lisa Frankie is Frankenstein's great-aunt? Lisa Frankie. Okay, so they, like, at Ellis Island, they had to drop the Stein from... <laughs> the Stein from I'm sorry. Name. I thought of it too late. And then just had to, I had to share it for some reason I right. felt compelled. So I just sat on it. Right. Until there was a lull. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, the, the first game has a very um, like tropical theme, which slowly morphs into an alien invasion theme. Um, and uh, sort of like hints of like what's really going on is uh, they're sort of scattered throughout. Um, and I started replaying the game uh, this week just for funsies. And they drop alien hints, and not even hints so much as you read a note from your uncle that says, I've been abducted by <laughs> aliens. <laughs> um, like, pretty early in the game, as, as early as chapter two of eight. Um, but, like, it's not really until late in the game that you have to, like, start battling aliens. Like, uh, other than that, it's all just sort of, like, random uh, sort of episodic adventures of you sailing on this, like, high-tech uh, submarine that he built for you. Um, in the South Pacific. And the big bad of this game, which I'm assuming we'll get to, is Zoda. Yes. And so should we just speak briefly on uh, Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics 2? Yeah. Uh, so Star Tropics 2, Zoda's Revenge, is either the last or the, it's either the ultimate or penultimate uh, NES game. I can never remember if it's that or uh, Wario's, Wario's Woods. Woods. It's one or the other. Um, and uh, that game is a, a time travel game. Um, and it retains the same sort of uh, comedy from um, the original Star Tropics, maybe even leans on it harder, where like everything is a joke. Uh, you travel back to ancient Egypt and you're uh, delivering a pizza for Cleopatra. Like that's the kind of stuff that this game has you get it up to. Um, the original Star Tropics at least like takes its mission parameters seriously, and then there are jokes kind of scattered throughout. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like Zoda's Revenge as much uh, as I like the original. I do think it's, I will never think it's not weird that the game is called Zoda's Revenge Star Tropics 2. They wanted to bury that Star Tropics like as deep as they could um, and insanely did so by leading off with 
the name of the villain that you don't meet the villain until chapter eight of the original Star Tropics. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> is now that we're talking about it, is the premise of uh Zoda's Revenge kind of similar to the premise of Secret of Evermore? No. Because in Secret of Evermore, you're going to a land that is made up by the imaginations of the four people who uh, participated in the program. Oh, got it. In uh, Zoda's Revenge, you are actually traveling through time. Time traveling. Right. Okay. Slash, you're also visiting Sherlock Holmes, who's not a real historical figure. (laughs) So, I don't know. Okay. Um, Star Tropics, let's start doing some rankings here. We've got three lists, and we're going to uh, we're going to rank them. First is uh, we are going to rank the weapons from Star Tropics. I'm just going to go through and say what what all of the the lists are. Um, so weapons is first, and then we're going to rank the bosses from Star Tropics, and then we will be ranking the eight individual chapters from the game. Um, Mark, let's start just by talking through the weapons. Um, we are using um, tartarus.rpgclassics.com as a, uh, a sort of shorthand here. Thank you to tartarus.rpgclassics.com. I love this site. This An invaluable like, resource. Yeah. This is, it, it's awesome. Like, I've never seen it, like, before today, I had not been here. But in a world I've where, been like, here many times. <laughs> the, <laughs> in a world where, like, the fandom wikis have taken over this sort of thing, it is fun to find a site like this that. Looks like it was created at the end of the 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of the fan sites that I grew up with. Yeah, it, it's truly beautiful. Um, so um, there are three main weapons, which we may want to consider all one weapon, Mark. I'm going to leave that up to you. Um, there is the Island Yo-Yo. There is the Shooting Star and the Supernova. Now, the Island Yo-Yo, not called a Yo-Yo anymore. Cause it turns out Yo-Yo is a trademarked uh, Oops. toy that you have to license to use in a video game. Uh, so I believe they just call it the Island Star um, in uh, modern releases of the game. Um, but so this is your your base weapon uh, that you get uh, before you start doing battle at all. It gets upgraded to what they call a shooting star, which is like a mace, you know, just like a, a spiky ball on a chain. Um, and then the supernova, which is sort of like the sci-fi version of that. Um, and they all have, uh, you know, like a short range attack. And then depending on how powerful it is, um, has like a little bit longer like tail that shoots off of it. So they're effectively the same weapon, but Mark, do you want to count them as the same or separate weapons for the purposes of this conversation? Yeah, it's so I think they're separate because the island yo-yo, um, they're each like given to you. They are different yeah. things, not like the yo-yo continues to be upgraded. Yeah, that's true. So I think it makes sense to count them separately. Okay. All right. So th- those are all separate. All three are, are separate items. Uh, then we've got uh, a series of sub-items, starting with the fire, which is a flaming torch that you throw, um, a baseball bat, which Mike swings, and it's like it's all around him. There's the bola twister, which is like the two balls on a string that you throw to like you know tangle up your prey's legs or whatever. Uh, in the in the game, it's just something that he throws. Um, a slingshot. A Miracle Mirror, which reflects um, projectiles fired at Mike. A Wonder Horse Hide, which is a baseball that Mike can throw really far across the room. Spikes, which are cleats for Mike's shoes. Uh, And when he attacks with these things, everything on the screen freezes. And he jumps in the air and just like teleports to all the enemies (laughs) on the screen and kicks them all once. It's incredible. 
Uh, there's the asterisk, which is like a throwing star that um, you push the button to attack and he throws it and then you push it again and it splits into two different uh, projectiles. And then there's a laser gun and a super laser. Um, the super laser just being a more powerful version of the laser gun. Um, Mark, do you have any early picks here for uh, very good or very bad uh, weapons? So for very good, I'm kind of taken with the anything related to baseball. Yeah, me too. Um, just because like Mike Jones being a left-handed pitcher, right? Yeah, that's right. Is like a big part of Mike Jones as a character. He loves baseball. Yeah, I, I agree with that uh, completely. I would also say that the yo-yo belongs in that same category. A hundred percent. Um, And, you know, the... It is because it is so classically, like, American garbage. Same with, like, the slingshot, where yeah. it has a very, He's like, Dennis, Dennis the, Menace. the Menace vibe to me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, like, the, the ones that lean on that kind of, like, Americana, I think are the most fun. Um, like, the Asterix and the Fire are ones that I would say, like, I'm not as taken with. Yeah, I mean, the... It, it's... Okay, it's neat because, like, the... Okay, right now at the top of the list, I've got the Island Yo-Yo, the Baseball Bat, the uh, Wonder Horse Hide, and the Slingshot sort of being, like, the top... Let's also put the, the Spikes in there because they're, they're, like... It is unique. And are we thinking, like, baseball cleats? Like... Yeah, I think okay. so. Or even, like, soccer cleats or, mm -hmm. you know, you know whatever uh, an American kid is playing. Because um, the, the rest of them, I think you can put under, like, a couple different categories, right? Um... The fire and the bola are all very like those are like island weapons, mm -hmm. right? Um, that that those make sense for you to encounter in like an Indiana Jones adventure. Um, and then there's uh the things that like skew just a little bit more. I guess there's really just the one that I was gonna say skews a little bit more Japanese, which is the asterisk, which is like a, a throwing star. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the sci-fi stuff, and the sci-fi stuff is the uh, supernova. Um, which, I mean, it's hard to even say what this thing is. It's an alien yo-yo, basically. Right. Uh, and then two laser guns. Um, and I like the turn in this game when it goes from being you're on primitive, unexplored islands to uh, psych there are aliens. Yeah, very uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skulls. That can't be right. Kingdom of the Crystal Kingdom Skulls. Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Yeah. Yeah. They can't be. There can't be two movies with temple in the title. <laughs> then they become the temple series. <laughs> Does it ever bum you out that there are going to be more Jurassic Park movies with the word "world" in the title than "park"? Where will there? Wouldn't it just be three and three? No, because a lost world. Oh right. Well, lost world like splits the difference because it is both a it Jurassic Park lost world film and a Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then it's what. Two, you're right. Two you're and right. a half to it three is and a still, half. Yeah, yeah. It is still lopsided. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to bring us down. So I I agree that Island Yo-Yo, Baseball Bat, Wonder, uh, Horse Hide, and Sling Slingshot and the Spikes are just absolutely clutch. They're like Americana personified. Um, and so wh wh how how do you feel about the sci-fi turn in in the game? Do you like that it stops being about like being on the islands? I think it's, I think it's fun um, in theory mm -hmm. because I think, I think that is a fun like escalation 
Um, it feels very Goonies, very like Amblin Entertainment to yeah. have that kind of like turn in it to have it be like a little bit more. Um, the ones that like, on the one hand, it makes sense to me that the weapons that you would get would be like a laser gun and a super laser, but it just feels kind of boring. Like it, yeah. does, it doesn't excite me that much because I feel like I play with laser games in tons of games. Right. A well, laser weapon. And, you know, the game does such a great job of including no guns of any kind uh, for most of its run. And then you get to the spaceship and it's like, well, they're laser guns, but like uh, they got triggers and they're guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I hear that. Um, I, I, I almost wonder if we should just be talking about like the categories of, of, of weapons here and just ranking those categories. Okay. Because, uh, you know, individual and maybe we can rank um just the americana weapons mm-hmm. um because i think the rest of them are like you know I, I don't think we really care about what order they appear in right yeah but is that shirking our duties yes <laughs> okay i feel like wait uh sidebar yes point of order before we get too much further into yes. this one is this a definitive ranking yes of star tropics things okay in which case i think we, we have do, to rank in fact, okay have to rank all of them but i think you and i um there doesn't. I think we will be able to do it fairly um, easily. Right. I and don't know if there's going to be a lot of strong feelings about like fire versus bola, but regardless, but who knows? It is a definitive who knows? Ranking, right. We have to promise that we will remain friends. Well, absolutely. Okay. Uh, absolutely. And after right. each one of these individual lists, we will remain friends. And after we'll all, just check all three in. lists, well, right. we should check in after yeah, every list. Let's right. make sure. Um, okay. So uh, I have I have uh, shuffled these things around a little bit just to sort of like lump them all together in their like thematic uh, groups. I've put the Miracle Mirror, the Shooting Star, and the Asterisk all in one, um, just because they are all the sort of like fantasy weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Shooting Star being more like a, a ball and chain kind of thing, and the Asterisk being uh, like a, a throwing star. So I think I think that's all okay. We like the Americana weapons the most. Um, so let's just rank them, and then we'll sort of run each of the other weapons um, up against uh, what, what we have there. Um, so the Americana weapons, just to review, are the yo-yo, the baseball bat, the wonder horse hide, which is a baseball, a slingshot, and the spikes. So I like the wonder horse hide. I like that it is called the wonder horse hide. It makes me think funny. of like the wonder bat yes. um, from The Simpsons. But I think it's only used... In a boss battle. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it is only used in a boss battle, and it's just a incredibly long projectile for Mike to, to use. Um, so that doesn't make it less fun for me, though. Mm, okay. Because um, I, I think my favorite weapon on this list is the baseball bat. Um, it is a, it's an intimidating weapon. It deals a lot of damage. Um, it hits all around Mike. And also, it's a baseball bat. Like... It is the character using the tool he was designed to use. <laughs> it's like, what, what's Link's best weapon? It's the sword. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's true. He's not like a yo-yo champion. Mike <laughs> Jones is a kid that loves baseball. Yeah. I mean, it, it is hard to argue with that. I feel like the slingshot, I am not so crazy about. Um, mm-hmm. I love the like Dennis the Menace and Bart Simpson sort of, you know, like right. a slingshot type thing. But 
Um, Man, if the game came out in 1990, they're probably not even being influenced by The Simpsons. Oh, yet. you're right. Yeah, That's probably wild. not. Yeah, yeah, that but is the crazy. Dennis the Menace uh, point totally stands. Yeah, but no. So, um, I guess where I go back and forth is like maybe I like the slingshot a- as far as Americana goes. I think I like the slingshot more than I like the spikes. But as far as like utility in the game, I think the spikes are more fun than the slingshot, which does basically exactly what you would expect. Right, just fires a projectile. Yeah, I mean, that's... I do think the in the utility here that the slingshot is the most boring of them, uh, excepting also the yo-yo, which is just like your basic attack, but it's so familiar that I can't really rank it too low. And there's something, for whatever reason, novel yeah. about the yo-yo at this point, although I guess... And the implied controversy about it, too, right? That, like, they can't call it that in No, the game now anymore. it's the island star. Yeah. Of course, we refuse to be held to that. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't sue us. Nobody please, sue us. Please, no one tell Mattel <laughs> who owns the right to the, Yo-Yo. Yeah, Yo-Yo Incorporated. It's probably, like, Kraft or something like that. Yeah, it probably is. It, it's probably PepsiCo or Nestle. <laughs> Nestle probably owns the Yo-Yo. <laughs> Uh, okay, so <laughs> what do you think? And which of these is 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 the best is the best weapon? Okay, so I'm this is this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, baseball bat, mm-hmm. wonder horse hide, yes, yo yo. I agree. Slingshot and then spikes, but I could be talked either way. I think spikes and then slingshot. Okay, I I, I agree with your call on the uh, Dennis the Menace ness. Um, but the spikes are, it's a spectacle when you use mm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, everything freezes, and Mike just murders everyone with his feet. Um, <laughs> That's novel. Yeah, it's novel. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I like that a lot. So let's move the uh, yo-yo below the uh, Wonder Horse hide. So looking at the next items in our list, going to the fire and the bola, I think that's the order I like them in. I think they're they're both worse than the Americana weapons mm-hmm. uh, in in total, and the fire is better than the bola. I do personally want to put the miracle mirror above the fire or the bola. Yeah, I think probably not as useful as the other ones, but I love the idea of this like mirror that can reflect fireballs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and also that's just a fun game mechanic, right? Like, I know we're mostly talking about these things in terms of, like, their aesthetics or, like, the the way that they contribute to the overall theme of the game, but the Miracle Mirror is just, it's a fun, I love it in a game when you have to deflect the bad guy's attacks. Like, yeah. that's the best. Um, I may even put the Miracle Mirror above the Slingshot. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I feel good about that, because I feel like the Slingshot is kind of just, um... I don't know. It is one of a number of similar weapons, like yeah. the bola and like all that kind of stuff, where you have like these projectiles, yeah, um, that just kind of get like a little more powerful. Whereas like the miracle mirror, it's its own thing. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the shooting star, uh, which again is the one that's like a ball and chain, uh, the sp- spiky ball and chain. It is the first upgrade that you get to the your basic attack, the yo-yo. Um, you get this item. Uh, in one of the coolest turns in in the entire game, where you are visiting a uh, town that's full of female like Amazon warriors, and they you have to dress in drag so that they let you in because there are no men allowed. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a ball and chain used by Amazon warrior women. Like, uh, how do you get cooler than that? Man, Breath of the Wild just ripping off Star Tropics left and right. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to put this one right below the yo-yo. 
Hmm. Above the spikes. Honestly, maybe I like it more than the yo-yo. I think the the backstory is more fun. Yeah. Where do you think? Like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Above the yo-yo? Yeah. Okay, but below the wonder horse hide. I think so. Okay. Um, next is the asterisk, the, uh, shooting stars that's put in two. I, I don't know. I feel the way about the asterisk, asterisk, as I do the laser gun and the super laser, where I just kind of think it's a little bit lame. Like, yeah. the, like the bola, that's cool, right? Like how many video games have you have bolas as weapons? I think only this and Turok Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> but whereas like shoot, like, you know, throwing stars, yeah. seen it. Laser guns, seen it. The throwing stars is almost where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, did you forget that you were making a game obsessively designed for American kids? <laughs> well, I will say that in this era, and uh, that's true, we were nuts about throwing. We stars. We <laughs> were nuts about like karate and martial that's true. arts. That is true. So I do think that uh, they can have their cake and eat it too. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, so so where do you think this one goes then? Maybe below the miracle mirror and above the slingshot. Slingshot might be better. Uh, yeah, I think Slingshot might be better. I mean, it is cool that when you the throwing star is like split in two. It is useful. That's in, pretty in neat. the game. Like it, you're throwing it and it's traveling like on one plane, and then you hit the button and the two stars that it splits into turn ninety degrees. Like that's pretty cool. It's pretty useful. So I. I don't feel super strongly about it, but I'm going to say above the slingshot. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. And below the miracle mirror. Uh, okay, now we've got the supernova, the laser gun, and the super laser gun. The supernova, of course, being the like ultimate upgrade to your yo-yo. Again, it's not really an upgrade, but you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so it's unclear what is happening with this thing. It's like a glowing ball that Mike throws from his fist um, and like comes back to him. It's a sci-fi weapon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I like it more than the laser gun or the super laser. Yeah. Um, just because it, it has some amount of novelty to it. There's some, like, there's some mystery to it where it's like, what is happening here? Yeah. I think, again, this one goes under the miracle mirror and above the asteroid. The supernova? Yeah. Um, you think lower? I feel like, well, no, I mean, there is something kind of cool that, like, it comes back to you like a boomerang, right? The supernova? Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's like the yo-yo in that it comes back to you. I see. Yes. Yeah, in which case, I may be okay with it where it is. Below the bola. Yeah. Wow. I just like the fact that there's a bola in this video game. No, I, I mean, think that's I, cool. Do, you're, do we need to revise where the bola is? Does it now go above throwing torches at, at bad guys? Yes, that's a good point. I actually think I like it more than the slingshot. Okay, so is it... uh, How about the throwing stars? Is it better than the throwing stars? Yes. So is it better than the miracle mirror? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, the bola has now uh, graduated uh, to just above the throwing stars and below the miracle mirror. I just think it's neat. Yeah, I mean, it's that's I, I can't I can't argue with that. But now I think this gives the supernova some room to climb up this list. I think that's probably right. It's better than the torch. Uh Uh-huh. I think I like it better than the slingshot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Better than the slingshot, worse than the uh, throwing stars. Yeah. Okay. And then for the last two, for the laser gun and for the super laser, I am fine with it in this order. The only thing I would say is like a laser gun that can shoot three lasers at a time is probably cooler than a laser gun that can only shoot one. Yeah. I mean, three lasers is better than one laser. I feel like that 
I learned that in That's like science. a self-evident yeah. thing, yeah. Um, okay, so Mark, we have come up with the... Uh, uh, how, how many how many uh, weapons are are there here? There are twelve. Uh, and so from the bottom up, coming in at number twelve, the no wait no, uh, there are thirteen of them. So coming <laughs> in at number thirteen is the laser gun. Number twelve, the super laser. Uh, and number eleven is the fire. Number ten is the supernova. Number nine is the slingshot. Number eight is the asterisk. Number seven is the bola. Number six is the miracle mirror. Number five is the spikes. Number four is the island yo-yo. Number three is the shooting star. Number two is the wonder horse hide. And coming in at number one, the best weapon in all of Star Tropics, the baseball bat. I feel good about this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, kind of quick and dirty for a, a definitive ranking, but I think it's right. I think so, too. Okay. And, yeah, I don't think it, it's okay that we haven't, like, belabored it. Also, I just want to point out that I learned in science class that three lasers are better than one. Not I learned it in science. Well, well, tell me what the what the difference is. Just uh, clarifying. Oh, okay. That it was in like science class that I learned this, and not through the course of like conducting a scientific experiment. That's right. Okay, I yeah. guess it's an important I, distinction. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a braggadocio about something that I didn't do. Right. You know, I didn't. Okay. I didn't run a controlled experiment where I right, a double definitively blind where, determined yeah, you could see. Okay, that sure. three, yeah, are better than. I mean, I guess I did just determine definitively that three is better than one, but. Well, or we discovered it. Like, it's, it's hard to say yeah. what happened, right? But it was definitive. And we're still friends. Yeah, absolutely. Next, we are going to move on to ranking the bosses. Now, again, we are uh, pulling from uh, tartarus.rpgclassics.com. Um, and I feel like they are a little bit generous with what they are and are not considering bosses. Um, they sort of take any, uh, like fight in in the game that is like sort of eventized mm -hmm. um so sometimes those happen in the middle of dungeons um and then there is like a real boss at the end uh so mark i think up to you do you want to count the mini bosses also as bosses or should we do just the bosses i think mini bosses its own thing so i i think just the bosses okay uh do we take the mini bosses into account when considering the bosses and i think that Maybe really only applies to the final boss. I'll lean on you for okay. that. Okay. Um, because I have never seen the final boss. Sure. So is like the mini boss like the a different form of the you know how like sometimes yes. you know like and okay. that that is the case for Zoda oh, in, okay. in, in in your final uh confrontation. Then with yeah, them. yeah, we should probably at least take that into account. Okay, so I'll maybe shout out the mini bosses as we go down the list here, but they will not be part of the ranking with the sole exception of Zoda, because it is Zoda multiple form. Okay. Um, so the first boss is the sea serpent that you encounter in chapter one. Uh, it's just a big snake. Um, uh, the next boss is Octo the Huge. Uh, Well-named, I think it's a giant octopus. Um, next is Magma the Fierce, which is some sort of man made out of fire. Kind of looks like uh, a fiery uh, Dr. Manhattan a little bit. It does kind of look like a fiery Dr. Manhattan. Um, uh, Maxi, who is a giant ghost, um, which is really just like a blown up sprite of like the smaller ghosts you encounter through the rest of the graveyard. Um, next is Broken Joe, who's sort of like an, uh, Easter Island, um, like stone head. Uh, his mini bosses is, is, is the giant turboss, which is the, uh, like fossil looking thing. Uh, but the, the Broken Joe is, is the boss fight that Mark was referring to earlier where you have to use the, uh, the, um, Horse, wonder, wonder, horse, 
Wonder I... Rawhide, Horsehide, Wonder ha- Horsehide. We just talked about it, just ranked it. Wonder Horsehide. Wonder Horsehide is correct. Um, uh, then next boss is the statues of Twin Simocho, um, who are like two uh, creepy looking statues that like uh, attack you together. Um, their uh, mini boss is a hoodoo doll. Uh, which is too close to being a voodoo doll, and I don't think we should mess around <laughs> with that. So the less we talk about it, the better. Um, next is the Ostroid, which is the first boss that you fight on the spaceship. It's like a robot ostrich. Um, its mini bosses are silver and gold jetpack jumpers. Uh, and then the final boss that we'll talk about here is Zoda, who you fight um, in two different forms, and you also fight like the engine on his ship in between them. So the first version is kind of like a Wizard of Oz-esque um, like you see his face and you see like disembodied oh, okay. like hands and stuff. Um, and you defeat that. Um, and this is the sort of like when you see pictures of Zoda now, that's what you're seeing. Um, the sort of like regal. He's got a helmet with horns and like a cape. Um, but the true form of Zoda is a monster. He looks like an alien from Aliens, but like fatter and with uglier teeth. Um, so like it's, it's neat that they make you fight like sort of a cool suave version of him. And then reveal that, like, no, he's just, like, a creepy monster guy. Yeah, he does look like a little, like, chunky yeah, he's xenomorph. A, he's a chunky xenomorph. Um, but I think it's important to uh, remember that the first time you encounter him, he's putting up this uh, facade somehow, yeah. be it mm-hmm. by magic or technology, that makes him look like a disembodied uh, face and hands and stuff like that. Yeah, I like to imagine it's this little, like, his true form, his little, like, fat xenomorph guy is, like, manipulating rods and pulleys. Yeah. Yeah, to it, make the big, uh, like Wizard of Oz, Oz, Oz esque, yeah, Zoda go. Uh, I, I, I like, I like that too. Um, it could also be like in, uh, Men in Black, where like there's a little, uh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> piloting the uh-huh. uh, a, a Zoda sh- suit. I, I would like that as well. Um, uh, Mark, early, uh, early picks here for, um, bosses you like, bosses you don't like. For whatever reason, I'm really drawn to the Ostroid. The Ostroid has got a cool-looking design. Again, I will refer people back to the best source of uh, Star Tropic stuff on the internet, tartarus.rpgclassics.com, um, and check out the design of the Ostroid. There's some like impressive 8-bit shading on this sprite. Do you know what? Do you know what I think? The Ostroid kind of reminds me of. Uh, L337, is that the droid yes. from Solo? Yeah. And how... Hippie? Yes, for whatever reason. And I could not... It, I, it just made me laugh really hard in Solo when it was like, oh, this is a lady droid, so let's give her, like, big ol' burthen hips. That's right. And, and it, that's what this mm-hmm. Ostroid reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got a little bit of that, like, just, just some wide hips. <laughs> Um, so I like the asteroid too. Um, I'm hard pressed to, I think Zoda for me is like a runaway. I love, I love this true form Zoda. I wish there was an amiibo of it. Oh my I God. I wish there was plush. It's like Zoda for smash. <laughs> it's so funny looking like, um, it's a little bit like dinosaur, a little bit dragony, a little bit of a xenomorph, but just like fat like squat and fat yeah and like maybe he's got like weird little phalanges on his belly or yeah. something like there's some weird stuff happening to this character he almost looks like a puppy 
a little bit. <laughs> you know, it has that same sort of like. Yes, like his um, feet are too big. Yeah, yeah. It's like a one day Zoda will grow into himself. <laughs> right now he's just flopping around in a spaceship. Um, I gotta say, I am also a sucker for the sea serpent. Um, that's the letter C serpent who is the boss of uh, Be- because the whole island. island. Yeah, is yeah. okay. Yeah, is is shaped like the letter C. Um, and it's actually like an impressive, um, sprite model for this character. You know, it is several sprites put together, including like a mouth that's pretty well articulated. Um, that like bears its fangs and shoots fireballs at you. Um, and also you know. Just, there's just a little bit of that like first boss nostalgia where it's like everyone who plays the game will at least get to this boss. Um, so I, I like the sea serpent too, but uh, for me, I think Zoda number one, maybe sea serpent number two, and I can go Ostroid number three. And then uh, I don't know. It becomes kind of a jumble after that. So magma, the fierce. Yeah. I'm reading the description of like the strategy for how to defeat him. Yeah. And it says like that, Magma can't die. The only way to defeat him is to drop him into the water. And so I'm curious. I kind of like the design of Magma the Fierce. Again, reminds me of like a red Dr. Manhattan with like flames all around him. Yeah. Um, and so I think the design is kind of cool, but I'm wondering to judge it more than just on like my the aesthetics. The is fight the, is, is fun. The boss, oh, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could, I feel like it could tip into annoying. I mean, it's it's one of the it's one of the few bosses in the game where it makes you engage with the game in the same way that you have been playing it the whole time, right? Where you're doing this sort of obnoxious platforming while uh, trying to stay alive in a bullet hell scenario um, and just like navigate around till you find the switches that drop him into, uh, into the water. Um, so like in that way, it is maybe one of the more, is maybe one of the best boss fights. Mm, okay. um, so I, th- I think that makes it worthy of him being high up on the list Possibly even above the asteroid. How do you feel about that? Let me quickly look at what the asteroid fight is. The asteroid fight is um, it's very like linear. Um, it's it's one of the few fights where like you d- have no other place to really go other than just like left and right, and so you're just um. Oh, you just have to knock him back. You just have to knock him back. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, not not as cool. It would be cool if like asteroid was giving birth to like or was basically like uh um, you just birth. you just can't get off these hips <laughs> <laughs> if asteroid was like birdo yes and was like shooting these like mechanical eggs out of its like yes. mouth that it was like birthing wow yeah, yeah that that would be cool just have it kind of be like stomping towards you and you have to like knock it off the ledge not as fun yeah i i agree with that um i think maybe next Statues of Twim so- Twin Samocho. Yeah, them and the uh, Broken Joe. I like the name Broken Joe. Yeah, I me like too. the fact that you use the baseball. So maybe that's enough to keep them him above. Um, uh, keep him above the statues of Twin Sumocho. Uh, I mean, there's also just like the the simplicity and sort of like iconicness of that him being just an Easter Island head. Yeah, yeah. Um, although the the statues of uh, Twin Samocho are the design of them is very like cool and evocative. It is again maybe a, an example of them leaning into the more like Japanese like design elements. Um like they almost feel like they're uh like oni or something. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that they are cyclops. Yes. I will agree with that. Um 
But no, I I still think uh Broken, Broken Joe. Joe is better. Yeah. Good, better name. Yeah. I mean Broken Joe a a plus name. It, um, it paints a story. It does. Is it better than the Asteroid? I am just really taken with the Asteroid right, for whatever right. reason. Um so then towards the bottom of the list here, uh what they may not remain there. Octo the Huge, which is a a giant octopus who by the way has uh kidnapped a dolphin. <laughs> Um, and Maxi, who is a giant ghost. I, I mean, I, I think Maxi, the giant ghost, belongs at the very bottom of this list. Yeah, I just, don't. I don't mind the ghost sprite. I don't mind the ghost sprite either, and and I like it. I like the the way they like kind of church it up when they blow it up. Like the the shading on it is good. Um, but it's also why would a ghost be big? <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I guess possibly Maxi was a big thing that died. Sure. Because we don't really know what Maxi was in his previous life. But, like, you're walking around a graveyard, right? Uh-huh. This is, and, and, and then you fight, like, regular ghosts in the graveyard. You're like, oh, okay. But couldn't, like, a fossil of something huge be, like, buried under the graveyard? I mean, I suppose there could be, but you never encounter anyone huge. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, the fossil of some long-forgotten creature, right? When the entire world yeah. was covered yeah. in water. Yeah, sure. Is just happens to be underneath this cemetery so you're in the cemetery where there are other ghosts normal sized people ghosts you know floating around but then also the cemetery is haunted by like an enormous um early life form on this planet but like hundreds of humanoid life right well i mean do non-humans have ghosts i guess there are skeleton dogs that you fight in the graveyard it's okay i withdraw my complaint it could it could be a it could be a whale ghost. It could be a whale ghost. Maybe like we'll when talk it, when more it, about whales when, later. When it was a when it was a sea when it was a land whale. Yes, there we go. Yeah, okay. We're talking land whales here, and of course those were all drowned in the flood, right? <laughs> Noah, read your Bible. Uh, Mark, is this our list then? I like it. Okay, I I will let you check me here. Is Asteroid too high on this list? Do I have asteroid fever? I think for, you like, got asteroid fever. I think I, you like, do. Inexplicable. Here's the thing. I, I agree that the design of the asteroid is charming. I don't think it's as good as Broken Joe. Okay. But, but I don't... But, I, like... It, yeah. The, here's... In response, I will say, Broken Joe is just an Easter Island statue. So is the design all that great? I mean... Yeah. It's so evocative. Like... The, it does fit the setting yeah, very well. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think um, I have baby fever or something, and so I saw that asteroid and was like, perfect. <laughs> like, that asteroid can birth me in air. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bosses here. Uh, coming in at number eight is Maxi, the giant ghost. Number seven is Octo the Huge. Number six is the statues of Twin Samocho. Uh, Number five is the asteroid. Number four is Broken Joe. Number three is Magma the Fierce. Number two is the Sea Serpent. And coming in at number one is Zoda, both in his true form and his Wizard of Ozzy form. I think I I really like this That's a great list. I I have no notes on that. It's definitive. Um, Mark, we are moving on now to the... Oh, friends? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Shaking hands. All right, uh uh-huh. Okay, good. Um... Now we will rank the chapters of Star Tropics. I will say that there is a bigger range of what 
you do in a given chapter of this game than there are in most games of the era. And even really, like, there, there is one of these chapters where there is no combat. There's no dungeon in chapter four. Um, you're, oh, that's cool. Um, and so, like, the, the game has very different priorities depending on what chapter you're in. Uh, and so I think it's worth exploring what each of these chapters is, what it has to offer, and uh, determining which one of them is the best. Yeah, so what, uh, not to put you on the spot, but do you want to kind of like walk us through each chapter a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to tell us the whole story. Okay, great. Of, I, I'm excited for this. Of Star Tropics. So chapter one is titled Prelude. Um, it is the beginning of the game. As you show up on Sea Island, you are Mike, this uh, baseball player that we have described. You are there to spend a week or a month or whatever with your uncle uh, who has been studying strange artifacts uh, on, on this island. He's made best friends with the island chief and the other other natives. Um, so in this chapter, you arrive on the island, you visit the village, they say, oh no, your uncle has gone missing. Um, and then there is one dungeon um, that you fight through, you fight the sea serpent in there, um, and you do so with the yo-yo that you were gifted by the, by the chief of um, uh, Coral Cola, which is the name of, of the village and, uh, in, in chapter one. Um, and when you make it out the other side, you uh, meet uh, Babu, who is your uncle's like assistant uh, who's like working with him on his science experiments. Um, and he gives you access to the, uh, the sub C, which is the submarine that you uh, pilot through the rest of the game. Um, and you meet Navcom, which is an obvious Rob, the robot who is your like navigational uh, equipment in the submarine. Love it. Um, and again, it's chapter one. Uh, if you've played the game, you've played through chapter one. It's not tough. Um, chapter two is called dolphins. And this is one where they like, this is the first like side quest they, they throw at you, um, where a dolphin has been kidnapped by that Octo the huge that I mentioned earlier. Um, you meet the lighthouse keeper and his wife who don't live together. And the lighthouse keeper is like, you should stop by my wife's house. Uh, she likes the company. It's very strange. (laughs) I don't know what's implied there. Um, it's the first time that you get the, uh, ability to submerge the sub. Um, and uh, access other areas on the map. Uh, and as I mentioned before, um, this is where you get a letter in a bottle from your uncle saying, I've been kidnapped by aliens. Uh, so I need you to not, not just find me here in the ocean, but also maybe I'm in space. Who knows? <laughs> Questions about chapter two? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Chapter three is called Storm and Calm. And this is a huge chapter. I think it has the most separate like parts throughout like the the course of this single chapter um you are shipwrecked on a a a, a large island there are multiple towns there's miracola which has a uh, a chief and his daughter who is uh six she needs like some medicine um there, this is the the island that has shikola on it which is the village that is all made up of amazon warrior women you visit the graveyard here um, you fight ghosts, you have to cross-dress to get into the uh, Amazon woman town. You go to a hermit on the mountaintop who gives you the medicine to save the chief's daughter, who then helps you like get your submarine repaired so you can get back on the, on, on the open ocean. Man, that chapter sounds really cool. A question about the chapter titles. Yes. Is, are, do those like show up in the game? Yes, there's it a says, title like, Chapter yeah. 3, Storm yeah. and Calm. Correct. Because Storm and Calm is a great name. It's a, a chapter. Name. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a, uh, cause that's not like an idiom, storm and calm. No, it sounds like something that would be in like a Robert Louis Stevenson book or something a- absolutely. like that. Absolutely. 
Um, chapter four, as I mentioned, this is the one where uh, we um, there is, there are no dungeons. Um, you uh, land on a very small uh, island with a, a village called Tuna Cola, um, and uh, you talk to someone who said they've seen a, a monster out in the ocean, um, and that uh, your father's assistant Babu has been swallowed by this monster. You go out looking, you two are swallowed by the whale, and you just have to, like, navigate around inside this whale, Pinocchio-style, uh, until you find Babu and start a fire, make the whale sneeze, um, and then he sneezes out you and Oh, really? Babu. That's yeah. like, oh, so, oh, that's interesting that it's another kind of, like, um, I mean, I guess, like, Pinocchio isn't specifically, and it's, Pinocchio was very, like, 50 years old at this point. Right. And not specifically targeted towards Americans. But that's interesting that that's like part of it is that like yeah I mean it's like the, there's the Pinocchio and there's there's also the story of like Jonah and the whale right um and it's like you can count there are three instances where characters are swallowed by whales in fiction and they are Jonah <laughs> Pinocchio and Star Tropics <laughs> uh, is the no combat fun like is no not really oh okay yeah because it seems like oh that could be cool. But um, I could also see how it'd be really annoying. This is also where, uh, when you rescue Babu, that he says, dip your uncle's letter in water. Okay. So this is the, the part of the game where it forces you to play the game outside the game. The pros and the cons. Right. Um, uh, chapter five, then, is uh, Captain Bell, um, which is you are a- approaching uh, two sets of islands, uh, and there's a strait between them, and the strait is blocked by Captain Bell's pirate ship. Uh, Captain Bell is this legendary pirate who is long since uh, dead and gone. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he had such a lasting influence on these islands that uh, the village is called Bell Cola, named for him. Was he also the captain of that ship that blocked the Suez Canal? Probably. Oh! oh! <laughs> Wait, Patrick, come back. Oh, what? Oh, I, <laughs> I left because I liked that joke too much. <laughs> um, you encounter uh, Captain Bell's parrot who sings a little song at you, which you will later have to play on a giant organ in an abandoned church to, like, access a passageway. Ooh, I like this. It's very cool. Um, and then uh, you go into, like, it's another kind of, like, ghosty, piratey realm, um, which is full of booby traps and stuff. Um, this is the, the dungeon of, of the area. There's no boss fight here. Huh. Which is uh, a little strange. Yeah, it seems like the perfect opportunity for like. Uh, Why are you old, not like, fighting Baby Captain Jones. Bell? Oh yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, or Captain Bell's ghost. I I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's chapter five. Um, chapter six is reunion. Uh, and this is one where you are finally like narrowing in on your uncle. There's a lot of um meeting uh people in various villages. Uh, and uh, Navcom updating you about like the coordinates of where your uncle is. You are doing a lot of submerging. Um, uh, you uh, encounter just a lot of like strange things. There's an apple that you can find, um, like a hidden item that's an apple. It does nothing, um, but you can collect it. Um, you can also discover a skeleton um, that is labeled as RC. And then uh, Mike asks himself, Rob Carus- Carusacola? So it's using, it's, it's, I think, a reference to Robinson Crusoe using the, like, cola pun that's on the end of various words. Right, so it's, like, a reference to both Robinson Crusoe and RC Cola. Absolutely. Got it. Um, that's so weird that they based all of this around cola. It's, it doesn't like, make any sense. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, two different big boss fights in this one. Uh, there's Broken Joe and the statues of Twin uh, Sumocho. 
Uh, and then at the end of this chapter, you actually find your uncle. You learn about all these aliens uh, and the existence of uh, the three magic cubes that he was uh, studying and trying to find so we can save some other aliens from the bad aliens. Uh, so this is the one where, this is the chapter where you finally get to your uncle, you figure out what's going on, and you learn, like, the reality about the aliens. Got it. Chapter 7, Alien Spaceship. You're on the spaceship. <laughs> um, you get the shooting star as a weapon. This is the first one where, like, you're using the laser guns. You fight the asteroid in here, uh, and the ship takes off. So it's, uh, you know, you're storming the, the castle here in this one, um, and uh, the ship takes off. It's, it's a scary moment. Now, some of the, uh, the island stuff, like the overworlds are simple, yeah. but it's it has that tropical like islandy feel. What is the spaceship like? Is it like kind of drab? Okay. Honestly, like it it's got a uh, like blue pipe uh, mm, sci-fi aesthetic, mm, so like mm. everything is like pipes and like I, I sort of uh, lifting a little bit from um, Alien here with the uh, like sort of like piping. Got it. Um, but kind of resting in blue. This is also where the game has like a, a ridiculous difficulty curve. And the individual enemies take way more damage and deal way more damage. Oh, got it. Um, so this one's a little bit of a bummer. Um, and then chapter eight is really just the final battle with Zoda. Um, you, ha- you fight his uh, Wizard of Oz style form. Then you uh, stop over at the ship's engine and beat the crap out of it. <laughs> uh, and then you fight the, the final version of Zoda. Uh, and of course, because you've destroyed the engine, the ship goes crashing down into the earth. You escape in an escape pod, uh, and then you put all three of the, ca- uh, they're not cosmic cubes, they're just magic cubes, um, together, and it reveals the uh, children of Argonia, who are the nice aliens that Dota was trying to murder, um, and then the game ends with them retiring to uh, the original sea island where you started your adventure to live a life in peace and safety away from Zoda. So, what is the relation, why is Dr. Jones kidnapped by Zoda? Because he has discovered that there are these magic cubes, which are, uh, they're what, I guess, maybe what has locked the uh, Argonian children away, or something. It's, it's unclear to me. Yeah. They, were, they were, to Dr. Jones, they were just artifacts. Uh, and then Zoda figured out that he was, like, getting too close to the thing that was going to, like, free his enemies. Oh, so Dr. Jones is not motivated to free the children of Argonia Nobody knows that the children of Argonia exist until the very end when it's like, oh, he, by the way. It's, it's unclear to me. Oh, okay. uh, it's unclear to me how much he knows. It just feels so random to have it be like, oh, you put the cubes together and this other alien race that you haven't encountered like is free, which isn't bad. But it's like, oh, like Zoda doesn't really present a threat to, you know, Sea Island or. Yes. Uh, Mike, or yeah. uh, really Dr. Jones, other than, like, Dr. Jones just happened to stumble upon. If Dr. Jones was like, oh, my bad, these are your cubes, I'll leave you alone. Like, ev- everything would go back to normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, and like I said, I don't, I think you don't hear the name Zoda in the game here. It's an 8-bit game. You see the word printed. I think you see it printed at the end of Chapter 6, and then you meet the character in Chapter 8 when you fight him. Uh, uh-huh. So, like, he is a real, like, come late in the game. Uh, big bad, you know, man behind the curtain sort of uh, character. Um, yeah, that's that's even weirder. That the yeah. sequel is like features him prominently since and the vast the majority of people probably didn't even. Oh, really? Yeah, the uh, you're like given orders by um, the the lead Argonian whose name I can't remember. She's a princess or something. 
Um, she's like one of the main side characters in oh. uh, Zoda's Revenge. That's so funny. It makes me wish that like Star Tropics had continued on because then we would get, you know, like Metroid style. We'd get a lot of backstory oh God, for like so the history good. of the Argonians. Oh my God. <laughs> um, okay. So let's start ranking these things. Uh, early contenders for the top of the list for me are chapters three and five. Uh, chapter three is Storm and Calm, the one that uh, shipwrecks you and you have all of these things that you have to do. And chapter five with Captain Bell and his awesome ship that's blocking the thing, meeting the parrot, playing uh, music on this uh, organ. God, chapter five is the best one. Yeah, and with like ghost pirate stuff, it just seems like, yeah, that, that seems like a very cool setting. So those are the two that really stand out to me um, after you walked us through the game. So yeah, I'm totally happy with, chapters five and chapter three being at the beginning. I am curious your thoughts about chapter one. For me, I like it, like, but that's partly because it is, you know, the one that I've played the most in the, my right. multiple attempts to um, get into Star Tropic. Um, it's a pretty good one. Uh, in replaying the uh, first couple hours of the game uh, earlier this week, um, I was sort of retaken by how charming that first village is um, and that like all the because everywhere else you go, people are sort of like freaked out about something um, and no one knows that Dr. Jones has gone missing except for the, the chief. Um, so when you're talking to all the characters, you have to talk to everyone before they let you into the dungeon. They're just like, hey, do you want to go fishing? Um, there's a point where there's a pig and you can talk to the pig and it just is like, oink, oink, oink. <laughs> and then you go into the house and the woman is like, we're going to roast that pig later. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there, there is a lot to like about chapter one. You meet Babu, you, uh, get to meet, uh, the Nava computer. Like, it's a pretty good chapter. I think maybe Dolphins is better. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't really care for the boss, uh, Octo the Huge, but, um, the first thing that happens in this, uh, chapter is you're cruising along. And a mama dolphin swims up to you. Oh, I was wondering how you find out that the yeah. dolphin was missing. Because mama dolphin goes, quack, 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 quack. And then Navcom is like, uh, oh, translating. Uh, and then like says what, what she says to you. Uh, and then you spend the whole time rescuing a dolphin. And there's the whole thing with the lighthouse keeper and his wife. And why he wants you to go and visit his wife. He won't be there. <laughs> she just likes the company. I don't know. It's all very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've convinced me. So I think chapter two. May, uh, makes sense above chapter one. Yeah. So I'm torn a little bit on chapter four, Confession. Yeah. Because this is one where uh, Mike is swallowed by a whale. And so uh, the one with the bottle, right? The message that you have to dunk in water right. to re reveal the hidden code. All of that seems very appealing to me. And like I feel like the hidden code is an iconic part of Star Tropics. But you were saying it's kind of a bummer to play. It's a super bummer to play, and there's no combat. Granted, the combat is sometimes annoying in the game, but, like, you're spending the whole time just uh, riding the submarine around inside this whale. Mm -hmm. um, and it just shows you, like, tiny sections of the map to, like, aid in, you know, the sort of disorientation of uh, getting through this maze. It's one that if, if anyone were playing it now, I would say use, use a guide, use a map. Like, don't even bother getting lost in there. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, but you are right that it is conceptually maybe maybe only second to Captain Bell in just like the, the the concepts that the game plays with there. It just 
in execution isn't as much fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I could be convinced that this one goes at number three above Dolphins. I could be convinced that it uh, belongs below Dolphins or even below the, the, the first chapter. So maybe let's just keep it where it is right now, which okay. is below the first chapter. Um, because I am not really sure how I feel about Reunion or how I feel about Alien Spaceship. Um, yeah. So I, for me, I put Alien Spaceship at the bottom of the list. Okay. Um, because of the difficulty spike um, and because it's just like two consecutive combat gauntlets um, with, you know, with Asteroid notwithstanding, not a lot of like interesting uh, enemies to fight. Yeah. Like worse than the final battle against uh, Zoda for sure. And so speaking of which, do you think, where do you think the final battle fits? Because we ranked it very highly as a boss battle, but... Right. Um, but it's already sort of appearing lower on this list. I think it's better than Reunion. Um, Reunion has a lot of uh, like difficult combat sections, but also just a lot of piloting the ship around, uh, getting updates on coordinates, and just like dialing in where your uncle is. And two bosses just seems like too many bosses. That's two bosses is too many bosses. Um, so reunion honestly could go last, could go second to last. For oh, me. okay. Wow. Um, I do like RC Rob Carusacola. Sure. It's a uh, a rough pun. Like they're really working for it. Yeah. But I like the attempt. They work hard for it, honey. Um. All right, so we'll put that above Alien Spaceship. Okay. Um, but below Final Battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think then means that we just need to figure out where Chapter 4 Confession goes. Well, you tell me, is Final Battle more fun than Confession? Because it feels almost like Confession should go lower. Mm, I mean, you get swallowed by a whale. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like, conceptually, conceptually we really like so good. Confession. There's, there's also a tiny detail that I left out of uh, confession. Okay. The character that you meet in the village of Tunicola before you go out and get swallowed by the whale, his name is Bait. Ooh, you were, you were holding out on me. I was holding out on you. Okay. Okay, I like that. I like that. That's funny. It's not, it is, de- you are correct. It is not as fun as the final battle. Mm, to play. To play. But do we honor... The attempt. Also, what's more fun than dipping real paper in water? <laughs> yeah, okay, actually, that's a great point. I, I feel like, uh, despite maybe it not being the most compelling chapter, the fact that it includes, that it is the chapter that includes, like, probably the most notorious piece of Star Tropics trivia, yes. that if you have never played Star Tropics, but are, um, you know, like, you... If you just know weird things about stuff. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, I I think I do. I think this placement makes sense to me. Um, I kind of want to put it above the prelude. Oh, okay. Um, Because it, just because it is so compelling. Yeah. I I keep it below the dolphins just because. Okay. I actually, I I think we should give it that bump. Because I really do think that, like, the thing that Star Tropics is known for most you know, if somebody's heard about Star Tropics, yeah. is the uh, like anti cheating or whatever, um, having to put the letter into the water. Well, then, in that case, do we put it above dolphins? I'm going to have to defer to you because I have not 
played dolphins. Um, for whatever reason, I feel real confident. <laughs> it's talking about the other chapters that right. I haven't played, but um, this feels like a big decision uh, moving into the top three. I mean, what do I like more? Do I like a sort of meta physical game thing, or do I like the implication that you're cucking the lighthouse keeper's wife? Like, which do I like more, Mark? This is tough. It's a for tough me. decision. It's a tough decision. You love both those. things. I do. I do. I do. I'm gonna put it above dolphins. Okay. Um. I'm putting it above dolphins. And, you know, it is one of those things that, like, doesn't survive to modern playthroughs of this game, right? Right. You have to look up the information online or right. whatever. And, and the information is everywhere online. You are lousy with this information. Right. It's 747, by the way. <laughs> Whereas, like, in the 90s, yeah. how would you get this outside of, like, Nintendo Power or somebody telling you? Yeah, uh, that would be it. Or dipping the, wa- the letter in water. Right. <laughs> okay, so... From the bottom up, the uh, worst chapter in uh, Star Tropics coming in at number eight is chapter seven, Alien Spaceship. And number seven is chapter six, Reunion. <laughs> and number six is chapter eight, Final Battle. And number five, chapter one, Prelude. At number four, chapter two, Dolphins. At number three, the third best chapter in Star Tropics is chapter four, Confession. Coming in at number two is chapter three, Storm and Calm. And the number one best chapter in all of Star Tropics is chapter five, Captain Bell. This makes me want to play Star Tropics. <laughs> it really does. Make another attempt at it. Um, I mean, it is. I don't even know if I can recommend it. Like, I, I love it, obviously, um, as I've. You have just helped me talk about it for uh, 80 minutes. Mark, how did you let me do this? <laughs> and it's not even your birthday. No. I guess this counts as, a, as, as, my, as my birthday present. Um, all right. Those are our definitive rankings for the chapters, bosses, and weapons in the original Star Tropics. Mark, let's close this out. Uh, if you think we messed up any of those uh, rankings, please let us know. Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Uh, this ranking, these rankings are all definitive, but I guess they are also subject to change, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it is a definitive ranking for sure. But uh, right. in the future, we might decide to reevaluate this after playing the games again or something or for the first time or if someone makes a compelling argument about how uh, yeah Confession i could be is, is the best chapter mm-hmm. in any video game ever i would hear that argument but also patrick and i still great friends still still the best of friends so i feel like mission accomplished uh all right that's gonna do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society remember please rate review and follow us on apple podcasts uh or wherever you get your podcast if you like the episode share th- share it on facebook or twitter wherever you share stuff that would uh, help us out a lot. There's someone in your life who appreciates Star Tropics. You may not know it because they've been embarrassed to say it to you, but they're out there. Just ask around. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, I mean, sincerely, thank you for listening to this. Thank you.
name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.